A large portion of the Jewish nation has returned to its homeland, but the heart, soul, and mind of much of the Jewish nation are still in exile mode. This state of affairs must and will inevitably change. This is Torah Nation TV from Jerusalem, and we are speaking with the head of Machon Shiloh, Rabbi David Bar Chaim. Shalom, Rabbi Bar Chaim. Shalom. Observant Jews are familiar with prayers for rain. Is there anything to be said when it actually does rain? Well, we need to go back to the sources to fully answer this question. And it will become apparent that there are a number of possible answers. It all depends, amongst other things, on where one lives. So let's begin at the beginning. The Mishnah at the beginning of uh, the ninth chapter of Masichet Barachot states that you make the bracha when it rains, you make the bracha hatov v'hametoiv. In other words, you say, Baruch atah Hashem, Elokeinu melech ha'olam hatov v'hametoiv. This is the same bracha that one says for good tidings that one uh, is informed of and for other certain positive uh, events that occur in one's life. So this bracha, hatov v'hametoiv, is the bracha that the Mishnah recommends for one to say, recommends, of course, I don't mean it's an option, that's the halakha, one must say this bracha when it rains. And in the Talmud Yerushalmi, we see no, no real discussion on the matter. That is to say, there is no implication that uh, this is not so, or not, is all, not always so, or that it depends uh, on whether you uh, own a field, whether you're a farmer and you need that rain for your crops, or anything of that sort. None of this appears anywhere in the Talmud Yerushalmi. On the other hand, in the Talmud Bavli, we find uh, we find that the, the Talmud makes something rather complicated from the very simple and straightforward statement of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, if it rains, you make a bracha, implying that all people make this bracha without exception. And, uh, and that's the end of it. There's really not much to say. All we find in the Talmud Yerushalmi is, is some of the uh, additional, optional, introductory remarks and uh, quotes from different pesukim, thanking Hashem for, for the rain, etc., and for everything He gives us before saying the actual bracha. But beyond that, there is no special discussion. But the Talmud Bavli uh, begins to distinguish between different classes of people. It talks about a person who owns a field, who is a farmer, and that category also is divided into two categories. A person who owns a field together with a partner. In other words, he owns a field or a number of fields in partnership with another person, as opposed to a person who owns them in, uh, outright, in his, just himself. And on the other hand, it talks about a person who has no field at all. The Talmud Bavli then goes on to describe different brachot for a different class of person. For a person, this is at least according to uh, the Shita of the Rif and the Rambam, uh, for a person who has a field which he owns all by himself, he makes the bracha she'ahiyano, which is a general bracha of expressing thanks to Hashem and, and being, for being happy and for being uh, uh, thankful and joyful uh, before Hashem. 
which is how we say on many occasions, and if a person owns that field together with another person, he says, because then it applies, as it were, to two people, tov to me and hamitiv to the other person as well. He who is good and does good to others. And for, and for a person who has neither, uh, who has no field at all, that is to say, then uh, there is a third bracha, which is a long uh, and more involved bracha, uh, which is probably one of the reasons, not the only reason, as we will presently explain, but certainly one of the reasons, I think, that many people uh, do not know anything about this bracha, even though it's very obviously the case that one must make this bracha. So according to the Talmud Bavli, something that was rather simple and straightforward became something very complicated. And as a result, uh, again, one of the reasons for this result, at least, is that many Jews today are unaware that there is such a bracha in the first place. But there's something else which needs to be understood here, which goes way beyond what we just explained. First of all, we have to uh, understand why it is that the Talmud Bavli deals with the whole issue very differently from the Talmud Yerushami, why it comes along and suggests uh, different barachoth for rain for different types of people. When the Mishnah, for example, or the Talmud Yerushalmi makes no such distinction, makes no mention of any such halacha. The reason for this is very simple. It has to do with the different uh, climatic conditions, the different rain, rainy season in Eretz Yisrael as opposed to Bavil, ancient uh, Babylon, today Iraq, where, where this uh, these halachot were formulated in the Talmud Bavli as opposed to the Mishnah or the Talmud Yerushami, which of course uh, are rooted in the realities of Eretz Yisrael. The difference between these two regions is very simple. In Eretz Yisrael, there are no great rivers uh, from which one can dig canals in order to irrig irrigate large areas of agricultural land, as is the case in as was the case in Bavel, and was the case in Iraq till, till recent times, and I believe even to the present time, there are parts of Iraq where this is still the case. Because we're talking about large rivers, that is to say the Euphrates and the Tigris, the Perath and the Hidepil, these two large rivers produce, uh, deliver large quantities of water, which can then be channeled by way of canals to uh, large areas of, of uh, arable land. Most of the agricultural uh, production, therefore, in, in, in Bavel was based on the water from these rivers, which is not dependent on the rainfall. In other words, the importance of rainfall in Bavel uh, was not nearly as great as the importance of rainfall in Eretz Yisrael, because in Eretz Yisrael, as the Torah itself speaks and describes Eretz Yisrael as being a land which, as it, literally as it's described in the Torah, drinks from the rain of heaven, Therefore, uh, and there are no, no such rivers and, and uh, irrigation projects are possible in Eretz Yisrael, the only source, certainly in ancient times, of water for agriculture, and also for, just for drinking, by the way, not just for agriculture, uh, just to produce, to supply drinking water for cisterns, etc., was rain from heaven. And, and therefore, the reliance upon rain from heaven in the, during the rainy season in Eretz Yisrael, which is four or five months long on average, uh, is very great, and uh, and therefore any rain which falls in Eretz Yisrael, whether you happen to be a farmer or not, whether you uh, uh, have to uh, somehow water your crops, or whether you just need to make a cup of coffee because you need, you need some water for that too, uh, water is of, of, of great uh, concern to every Jew who lives in Eretz Yisrael, certainly it was in, in ancient times, 
and before we had such things as desalinization and the like. And therefore, rain and and also even to this day, even with all the projects and technologies that we have, rain and is generally considered to be a blessing. People do not complain when it rains, as people do in many countries. Uh, in fact, uh, Israeli children are, are taught to be happy and to sing songs uh, inviting the rain to come and to be happy when it does rain. Rain is a very positive thing even to this day in Eretz Yisrael, whereas in ancient times already in Bavel, in Babylon, uh, rain was not nearly as important because whether it rained or not, you could get water from the irrigation canals from the great rivers. And therefore, the Chachamim in Bavel felt that to say the bracha hatov v'ametiv, that it's such a great blessing, this is a bracha uh, reserved for great important events or tidings, this should be uh, reserved for those who actually have a field and therefore benefit most directly and obviously from this rain. And those who don't, those who are not farmers, and there were many Jews in uh, Bavel and, and the surrounding countries who were uh, not, not working in agriculture, who, who were merchants, etc., much more so than Eretz Yisrael. For those Jews, another bracha was suggested. This is the reason for the uh, initial difference, first of all, that we need to understand between the two Talmudim. This explanation that I have just conveyed is echoed in the words of the Semag, the Sefer Miswath Gadol, uh, written by one of the Ba'alei Tosafot, Rabbi Rabbeinu Moshe, Rabbi Yaakov of Kusi, a very important halachic work, uh, where he explains that the statement of Shmuel in the Talmud Bavli, Ta'anioth Daf Yod Bet, that there is no such thing as a Ta'anith Sibur in Bavel, in Babylon, by which he meant that with the exception of Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av, there are no 24-hour fasts in Bavel. And why is this? The Smug explains because in Bavel they did not need to fast for rain because the, as we explained, the conditions, the weather conditions and the, uh, the fact that they have the rivers and the canals and, all, and what have you, me meant that uh, drought was not really an issue in Bavel, certainly much less frequently, and therefore the whole concept uh, fell by the wayside. Whereas in Eretz Yisrael, uh, where rainfall, rainfall is the essential uh, ingredient of life uh, for all people living in Eretz Yisrael, whether they are farmers or not, uh, this leads to the very simple distinction between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, the halakha, as formulated by the Talmud Bavli, is, is, is fine and wonderful, but really only for Bavel or a country uh, of a similar type, but not for Eretz Yisrael. That's the first thing we have to understand, seeing that the difference between the Talmudim is based on uh, objective uh, difference in the uh, weather patterns and the geography, etc., of the country, you cannot uh, copy and paste the halachot, which apply to one country, necessarily to the other. This is exactly what Chachmei Bavel did. They understood that the halacha of Eretz Yisrael does not really work and is not really appropriate in Eretz Yisrael, so they made a change. And we, uh, returning to Eretz Yisrael, have to understand the same thing, that we have to revert the original halacha of Eretz Yisrael. Now, what about countries outside Eretz Yisrael and Bavel? We find, in general, if you look around nowadays, you ask people, Jews who are quite familiar with uh, uh, halachot and uh, what they need to do on a daily basis, if you ask them, do you know about the bracha that one says when it rains, most of them, the vast majority, will give you a very blank look. And uh, this is interesting, and this has to be explained why this is so. The 
explanation for this begins with what we just uh, explained regarding the Talmud Bavli and the realities of ancient Babylon and how the bracha on rain there also became something more complicated. And as a rule, when you make something more complicated and less accessible and you uh, give over a long uh, wordy nusach as the Talmud Bavli does for a person who doesn't have a field, which was probably already the majority of the Jews in Bavel at that time, and then you automatically uh, turn that halacha into something more esoteric, more uh, complicated and uh, less practical. Therefore, in reality, fewer people will be able to uh, act upon this halacha. That's number one. Number two, when Jews found themselves in other countries, such as Europe, where rainfall is essentially never an issue, when was the last time you heard of uh, a drought in France or Germany, etc.? Then, uh, the whole concept of making a bracha when it, for, for rain that falls uh, becomes really uh, superfluous. This is why we find in the Simak, the Sefer Mitzvot Katan, written by another one of the Ba'alea Tosafot, a very important anachic work written by Rabbeinu Yishak Mikurvel. He writes, uh, in fact, fact, only five words he writes on the subject. He writes, Birkaf Gishamim Enna Noheret Ata. We do not today make this bracha for rain. That's all he has to say. He doesn't even explain why, as the Beit Yosef points out. But the explanation really is obvious, because in a country where rain is a constant feature and drought is not an issue at all, in fact, quite the opposite, very often it rains too much, and this affects the uh, crops in, in a negative way. Therefore, uh, in such a place, to make a bracha, to be expressed joy that it's raining, uh, really doesn't make any sense at all. And this is a perfect example, again, of how the halakha does and must adapt to, uh, to different, different and differing realities. And uh, without much discussion in the Posekim, we just find the statement that we do not make this bracha today. And, and this is exactly what happened in the vast majority of countries in the Galuth. Jews essentially forgot all about this bracha. The uh, Beth Yosef goes on to bring the kolbo who explains that the reason, as we explained just now, is that we have plenty of rain here in Europe and therefore we don't need to make this bracha because we're not really very pleased, uh, not, not excessively joyous, and we never expect it not to be rain, and therefore this bracha doesn't fit our reality at all. The danger with this situation, of course, is that when Jews return to Eretz Yisrael, they act as if they are still living in the north of France, and this is a problem. And, and in this particular case, this, regarding this halakha, it led to another problem. That is, the Beth Yosef here, to my mind, is very clear, made a, an error and uh, wrote in the Shulchan Aruch, he writes the beginning of this idea in the, in the Beth Yosef, and he goes on to formulate it more explicitly in the, in the uh, Shulchan Aruch, in Siman Resh Kaf Aleph. He writes that even, it, it seems to be, his, his implication at least, that even in Eretz Yisrael, you do not make this bracha unless there was first a situation of drought. In other words, un un unless there was a situation where it had it not rained for a long time already, well into the rainy season in the winter months, and then it began to rain, then you make the bracha. But if things are going fine and the, the winter season, the rainy season is uh, uh, happening as, as we would expect and we, as we would hope, then you don't need to make this bracha. Uh, at least that is the implication. And this is a definitely an error. This is not what the Chachamim had in mind, not what he, uh, the Talmud Yerushalmi or Bavli had in mind. Because neither of them were speaking about Eretz Yisrael uh, not requiring rain. Eretz Yisrael always requires rain, as we find in another halacha uh, in Musechet Ta'anith. It says there that in Eretz Yisrael, no matter how much it rains, we, uh, we never 
pray for the rain to cease. Whereas in Bavel, uh, beyond a certain point, we pray for the rain to cease because it's excessive. In other words, Eretz Yisrael always wants and requires rain, and we are always happy that it rains in Eretz Yisrael. To claim that this bracha is only to be said when uh, the situation becomes dire, uh, this is uh, an error based on the realities of Galuth. That is the correct halacha for a place like France or Germany or Canada or what have you, where rain is plentiful, and there, in a almost miraculous manner, uh, the rain ceases for a time, and there is a great need for rain there, it makes sense to say that normally we don't make this bracha, but now in our situation, now that we have suffered as a result of a lack of rainfall, now it has begun to rain, now we will say this bracha to thank Hashem. That is very correct, but not so in Eretz Yisrael. So, to sum up, in Eretz Yisrael today, there is no doubt that every Jew, no matter what his occupation, must make a bracha when it rains, and the re- reference here is to rainfall the last, shall we say, 10 minutes, so the ground is, is really wet, not just a few drops. Once it has reached that point, every Jew is required to make, to make the bracha every, every time it rains, unless we're talking about an extended period of rainfall, which goes on for many hours or many days without uh, much of a let-up, and then one bracha suffices for that entire period, and the next time it rains, you make the bracha again throughout the winter. That is the halacha of Eretz Yisrael. If one happens to live in Bavil, not that I know many Jews who live there today, then uh, one can uh, take the halacha as it deformulated in the, in the Talmud uh, Bavli, which is rather complicated. And because not many Jews live there, I'm not even going to go into that again. And one can always look it up in the Rambam or the Shohan Aruch, wherever one chooses. And even there, there is a certain machloket between the Rosh and the Rambam and the Rif as to uh, who makes the bracha tova and who does not. But again, this is only relevant in Bavel because in most parts of the world where rain is plentiful uh, and therefore the situation is different from Eretz Yisrael, the, the minhag or the halacha of not saying the birkath geshamim at any time is correct. We don't need to make the bracha in that, in that case unless there is some kind of a drought uh, or a period of uh, dryness which is then broken by, by uh, welcome rainfall. So that halacha of saying birkath geshamim hatova metiv Dafka the bracha tovamitiv, not any other version as suggested by the Talmud Bavli, which is a specific halacha for Bavel, and therefore today not very meaningful or relevant. The bracha tovamitiv should be said by any Jew in any country where rain is required uh, as a rule, or where there has been a let up in rainfall, and now it has uh, begun once, once again. This could apply therefore to certain parts of uh, many countries in the world, for example, Australia or California, where where there is a lot of uh, dryness, there's a lack of rainfall, as opposed to other parts of the United States, perhaps, where there is plenty of rainfall. So it all depends on one's geographical condition. And the halakha entirely is, is based entirely on the realities with which uh, we deal and the realities in which we live, as halakha always does. It always must relate to the reality as it is before us. Thank you, Rabbi Bar Chaim. We would like to encourage our listeners to share these podcasts with friends and send in your responses. We would also like to suggest the following opportunity to our listeners. If you identify with Rabbi Barheim's message and would like to sponsor or dedicate a podcast in honor or memory of a loved one, if you would like to obtain Birkon, Nusach Eretz Israel, or invite the rabbi for a speaking engagement, please email us at office at machonshilo.org.